It's us. Hi. We're the podcasters. It's us. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Sam. We're the Sibs. And you're listening to Swift and Swigs with Sibs. That's right. This is the podcast where a brother and a sister discuss two of their favorite things, Taylor Swift and cocktails. Every episode, we'll choose a song from Taylor Swift's 200-plus song catalog. We'll each pair a cocktail with that song, and then we'll break down our favorite musical mixology moments. Are we ready for it? I think we are. Hello! Hello! Hi, Sam! Happy Tours Week! Happy Podcast Day! (laughs) Happy everything, I guess. Episode 11. That's a boring number, but it's fine. (laughs) I'm... I don't know about you, but I'm counting down to 13. Oh, I didn't even realize that is approaching. Um, I mean, it is. We officially have more episodes than Taylor Swift has original studio albums, if you don't count re-recordings. Wow. We didn't do any re-releases yet, so we are (laughs) winning. We might do that with our episode one. We might do um, a getaway car Sibs version. Yeah, we're going to need to, because... Even getting into Reputation last week reminded me of the beauty that is that song. Also, the song this week has a little taste of Getaway Car, which yes. of course we can talk later. Yeah. Uh, Sam, let's talk about the Eras Tour once again, Ooh. because this is officially the start of of Era's Tour Week. It starts right now. This episode is coming out on Taylor's first day. Can you hear me slapping my knee? This <laughs> I am, is us excited. It's us excited, and it's a little bit of a country thing to do, to slap your knee and get excited about a song, right? <laughs> yes. It's probably and also a little bit of us, like, jealous. I don't know. Are you a little bit jealous? I'm jealous of yeah. all the people going to opening weekend, but uh, our time will come. It's just going to be the slowest four months of my life waiting for my turn to go see Taylor. I'm also very nervous about spoilers, Rachel. Yeah, see, that's my question, Sam. Like, are you going to follow along or are you deleting all social media until July 14th? You know, as a really dedicated fan of taylor swift who wants me to have the best experience with no spoilers i really should delete all of the social media Mm. shouldn't i i don't know yet rachel i think what i'll do is i'll probably hear about some things about the song she's singing and about maybe photos but if if i'm scrolling on my feed and i see a direct video i might just quickly swipe past i don't know it's going to be really hard to avoid spoilers for the next four months um Like, do you want to know, are you the kind of person that wants to know set list? I don't want to know until I'm there, but obviously I'm very curious to know. I know. Now, I did see on the internet yesterday that I think some songs have been leaked because she's been rehearsing at the stadium in Glendale this week, and 
you can like go to the outside of the stadium and literally hear her inside performing and and rehearsing these songs. So I'm not going to put any spoilers here, but if you do come across this on the internet, you'll hear what she's performing. I mean, it's, it's exciting and people have spotted her tour bus on the road. Like what's so interesting to me is leading up to the reputation tour, she was doing a lot of like, press on her social media she was doing a video every day with her telling you like what's to come on the tour but we've we haven't really heard from her which almost makes me wonder like is the tour still happening (laughs) but uh i guess that's just part of her approach these days is to be a little extra quiet on on social media which definitely builds more anticipation right for Uh, real i just i do I, I really want some some content, but literally in, a, in like starting now, we are going to have a lot of Taylor content for the next like six plus months due to this tour. So surely um, we're gonna get some like re like re release albums. Do you think? I don't know. I don't know. I really I mean, thought we were gonna get that before this day. Yeah, I think we all we all thought, but yeah. knowing Taylor, she does want to put a lot of press and yeah. album rollout development before she releases something, um, rather than just like throw it all out there. I mean, she's she's a businesswoman, so she she wants the rollout to be to have a lot of attention, and I don't know if she's gonna want to share that attention with her tour. Um, time will tell, Rachel. We yeah. just gotta be patient. Yeah, this is true. And then, Rachel, did you hear about Glendale, Arizona's name change? No. Okay. So I did not hear this. The mayor of Glendale, Arizona, officially has renamed their city for two days. Stop. It's official. It's it's like they're changing the signs and everything. They're changing the name of Glendale, Arizona to Swift City, Arizona. Swift on City? Mm-hmm. On March 17th and March 18th. They had a big press conference, like an official meeting yesterday with the mayor, with other townspeople, announcing that they are changing the name to Swift City, which A, is absolutely ridiculous, and B, I can't get enough of that. So if if you are a resident of Glendale, uh, you're not a resident of Glendale this weekend. You're a resident of Swift City. Yeah. So, hey, Glendale Swiggies, will you go take a photo? What did you say it was? Swift City? Swift City. Swift. I would have called it Swiftopolis or yeah. Swiftdale. It's not the most creative. Swift City is I would have boring, but I would have maybe called it, um, you know, Ivy Town or yeah, like What You Made yeah. Me Doville. Um, <laughs> maybe not or all too well 10 minute version taylor's version from the vaultopolis <laughs> but swift city will take it <laughs> so yeah if, if you're if you're in swift city this weekend take a picture of it tag swift and swigs podcast we want to see it we're excited we're so excited for yes. everybody and and most excited for taylor i'm sure she's thrilled beyond excited probably a little bit nervous but i'm sure she's gonna crush it taylor is known to have almost perf- perfection level stadium tours she she's just incredible all right can't believe it's here Swiggies, if you are going on tour keep us updated let us know give us a little taste just a little sneak peek mm-hmm. tag us yeah 
And yeah, that's it. Same. Is there any other uh, news, Swift news before we move on to our segments? There's Swift and Swigs news. Um, Ooh, and I, I just tell. wanted to shout out uh, all of our Swiggies, the listeners across the world that are listening to us. Rachel, we've got listeners tuning in from not only the United States, but also the United Kingdom, Germany, the Ukraine, New Zealand, Chile. I'm very close to the country of Chile. I have some really good friends down there. So I hope it's you that's listening. You know who you are. Um, and then all across the U.S. as well. Um, thanks, Swiggies. Welcome from all over the world. We're so glad you're tuning in to another exciting episode. Willkommen and all the Bien... other languages that I don't know. <laughs> Bienvenido. And Bienvenido. I, I don't know Ukrainian, but uh, we're happy you're here. And hey, mate. Is that New I... Zealand? Hello, down under. <laughs> oh, wow. boy. Oh, but we're, we are happy to have you listening. Speaking of listening, Sam, we are doing good, but uh, are you on some new shit? Totally. Um, I talked about a couple weeks ago um, that I, I love to listen to my Discover Weekly playlist on Spotify. Yeah. And this week, the very first song is a song by Muna, who is Muna. opening for Taylor at my concert. Um, oh. I've, I've been listening to Muna for about a year now, and so I was really excited to see that they're one of the openers. But specifically, the song that's on my playlist is a cover of August, Rachel. Muna covered and released oh, August. And if you know me, you know I love August. I do. So, and it's it's a beautiful version. It's definitely different than than Taylor's. Uh, it's kind of ethereal, and they have a div, a bit of a different like harm, harmonies and melody going on. Um, but it's a live recording, and you should check it out. It's Muna's cover of August. It's beautiful. Hmm, August. What about, yeah. Might need what to about put you, that Rach? In the rotation sooner than later. Mm-hmm. So, I some new shit that I'm on is super fun. So I got obsessed with the book Ta- Daisy Jones and the Six mm-hmm. last uh, summer. It's been out for a little while. By it's a book by Taylor Reed Jenkins. And the listening experience of that book is amazing because there's like multiple readers. Um, so anyway, Daisy Jones and the Six has been made into a mini series or a series on uh, Amazon Prime, and I've been watching it. But what's even cooler is in the book and the series, they create an album for it. So they brought a bunch of different people together, including Phoebe Bridgers, to help Whoa. write some of the songs, write the songs for this album. Um, some of the words are the same, but a lot of them, like, some of them were changed because she was like, you know, the, even the author was like, yeah, I'm not a songwriter. Like, it's a whole different art. So the music is so good. It gives, definitely gives a taste of Fleetwood Mac. The album is on, you know, out there. You can listen to it. It's super fun, even if you're not going to watch the, the miniseries or, or read the book. It's it's some good, like, Fleetwood Mac vibes. So I've been really enjoying. That's mm. new shit I've been enjoying these days. I love that. So... I am really excited to get on to our swigging, as we always are. Yes. But since we're hinting at it, Sam, why don't you tell us, give us a taste of the song that we will be discussing today. We've already hinted at it, but... The song is our song. Our song. And to me, that is the most 
quintessential OG Taylor Swift song that I can think of. And I, I remember our song coming out and I, of course, didn't know anything about Taylor Swift, but I thought it was a great catchy song. And I wasn't a fan of country music, really, but this song did make its way onto pop radio, which is what I was listening to. And I I remember hearing the, the lyric, slamming screen doors, and I thought that was just so fun and catchy, and it immediately just uh, turned me on to who Taylor was. I wanted to choose our song because it is it is her opening week of her tour, and I we, we had to acknowledge her early music in honor of that. So yeah, I'm so excited that we're getting into we are getting deep into her country era with this, which mm-hmm. we haven't really yet. So yeah, we we have focused a lot on her more recent discography and her pop side. So it's it's definitely time we get into uh, OG Taylor. Well, and something that's a little bit challenging for you and I, like I realized, like I did not know this song. Mm-hmm. as well as many of the others we've talked about. So it was actually really fun for me to learn more. So this yeah. is this is exciting. I'm very excited. But let's start swigging. I am super curious what inspired you for a cocktail from this from our song. This is called the Slam and Screen Door Smash. So <laughs> Okay. I've made a smash, which is uh-huh. you know traditionally a uh, a whiskey, lemon, and mint cocktail. Mm-hmm. But uh, for, more, for my whiskey, I wanted to use moonshine because that is yes. just a southern tradition. So I've got some high-proof moonshine in here with nice. lime juice and fresh mint. This is the type of cocktail that reminds me of being on the south, sipping on a front porch in the summertime, and that's that is definitely a a feel of our songs you know she's very country in the song she's got her her twanginess to her and uh she sings about being on the front porch those slamming screen doors and that's what i wanted to be drinking when i'm in that setting so high proof moonshine lime juice and mint we got the slamming screen door smash Nice. Cheers to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew there would come a time when you and I would name our cocktails nearly the exact same thing. Oh. Because I'm bringing you the slamming screen door sweet tea. No way. <laughs> yeah, I had <laughs> such a similar like thought process. And I realized like the first thing I thought of when I thought of this song was like sitting on the front porch and what would you be drinking in the South? Now, I thought of sweet tea. So, um, but I love a good lemonade sweet tea, like an uh-huh. Arnold Palmer. And so, like, and I was thinking whiskey. And I did, like, a quick Google search, and something came up called Tennessee Whisk Tea. Okay. Which is actually, there's no tea in it at all. Mm. What we have going on is some whiskey first. You got to get your Tennessee whiskey. Then you've got some lemon juice. And then you have honey. And Mm. I used hot honey because I kind of liked the idea of, like, just giving a little bit of a bite to this, like, to the sweetness and something kind of sexy because this is, like, really – it's a sweet song. 
Yeah. But it's, you know, I think it's like a really cute song that you play for a lover. So that was like kind of a the hotness. And then they also use hot honey in Nashville chicken type recipes too. I want to say, yeah, like honey in like yes. southern chicken cuisine. Right, that's a great yeah. reference. Okay, so we got our whiskey, lemon juice, hot honey, and then you top it off with Coke. Actually, oh, okay, yes. So instead of tea, we've got the Coke, which I think is what like the like Tennessee. Tea and you got would your be. your mason jar too. And of course, you're drinking it out of a mason jar. I love that. And it is good. Like, it mm. gives me um, Long Island iced tea vibes. So, For sure. um, but I, I'm, I'm excited. I have a feeling a lot of these country songs are going to bring, make me want to bring out some sweet tea, kind yeah. of lemonade, front porch, whiskey type sipping drinks. But I'm yeah. excited to find out how many different varieties we're going to mm-hmm. be able to pull out from, from this song. So, Cheers to our slamming screen doors. Slamming screen doors. That's hilarious. Cheers. Cheers to that. So we are ready. We are. We've got our 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 sweet tea and our smashers, and we are ready. <laughs> our smashers. to get into the spirit of our song, our song and our song. It's it's, it's great. Yeah. Our song, which is our song. Rachel, in one of the earlier episodes, when we were introducing, I think it was either Maroon or Style, when we were introducing the song for that episode, I think it was me that said, our song for this week. And I always thought of how coincidental it was that I said our song. And I've been really mindful to not say that in episode since, not to say our song this week. But, really? But this time we could finally say our song this week. I just didn't want to confuse yeah. the listeners. but. Our song this week wow. is our song. Uh, Rachel, you always let me go first with the spirit of the song. So may I ask you, what what is the spirit of our song for you? Share your thoughts. Yeah. So when I first listened to this song, it's like, it's like a great teenage love song. It's got, and it's also, it's got like a lot of really great country music tropes that are happening mm-hmm. in this song. So... And, you know, it's, it's country music to me is when you touch on the everyday, like simple, like everyday. So we'll get into that more in the lyrics. What I learned about this song is that Taylor Swift wrote this song in 20 minutes, as she says, Mm -hmm. because she wanted to, she was going to do the high school talent show in ninth grade. My gosh, I I can't even imagine (laughs) like what I was like in ninth grade, that I could just like pull out a song like this. I remember what you were like in ninth grade. Uh, well, yeah, you had those sort of. big okay. glasses. I was not <laughs> cool. We'll just give you that. But she wanted a song that like her her classmates could relate to, something that was mm-hmm. fun. And she had a boyfriend at the time, and apparently they didn't have a song, so mm-hmm. she wrote this song. And it's very cute. It's got it's one of those like meta songs, like a song with a, within a song. I was gonna say that same thing. Like it reminds me of, um, is it Elton John has like, you could tell everybody this is our song. Mm. Um, and good, good and even like, but I I also think that there's other times in Taylor's career when she like hints at 
the song itself as being the song. So I just yeah. really love that this is like one of those like really meta songs about it. We, um, we talked about it a little bit in I Bet You Think About Me at the very end of that song. Yeah. She talks about how she wrote that song. I wrote a song about you. Um, right. And in Hey Steven as well. And here she is in our song talking yeah. about writing a song that that she wanted to to have between her and her boyfriend and they didn't have one so she just made one up and you're right she she wrote this at such a young age she she didn't even write it initially for an album she this was like you know we've heard her origin story of how she was just a love she loved to write songs and loved to play guitar in her bedroom and this is one of the original songs that ever came from that experience where she was young and in in a in her first time in love maybe but it's original taylor swift songwriting which we we don't hear of past the debut album she starts to mature a little bit and writes a bit more mature songs although she is still a teenager and in fearless and uh, very early 20s and speak now i love that this that our song came from when she was like 14 or 15 and i was writing songs actually at that age too you were when I was 16 yeah i still have them so written down in my guitar case and oh they were not great lyrics by yeah. any means but she she somehow pulls it off you might need to share some of those sam maybe down the line not today but <laughs> Rachel, you said you were I, I you were comparing yourself when you were a freshman to Taylor and you said you weren't very cool. It I get the impression that Taylor wasn't very cool, so to speak, yeah. either. I think she's mm -hmm. mentioned that she actually did get made fun of a lot and she didn't have too many friends. But I don't think she was a very popular uh kid. She, you know, was probably a little bit awkward, but she had this this talent and that's what she did. She wrote it for a talent show, and she said that all of her friends really liked it and responded well to it, and that's why she decided to put it on this album. Um, and or, or she, I think she actually had to ask and maybe beg a little bit for her record label to include this song on her album because she knew that when she performed it at the talent show, the classmates really responded well to that. So she had an inkling that putting it on an album, the people would respond to that as well. Sure enough, this became one of her biggest hits. And I think this is the song that really projected her towards fame and success because it was her, her biggest hit that she had yet released. It was number one on the charts. She was the youngest person of all time to have a number one song that was self-written um, yeah. on, on the country charts. And I think that really allowed people to open their eyes to, wow, Taylor Swift, she's she's going to be something. I think it's important. We can't really talk about this song without first talking about the, like, that since we haven't gotten into her debut album yet. Like, this is our first kind of conversation about what that album as a whole represents. And... Here was this this girl who poured her heart out 
on on guitar and like wrote these songs forever but then she was discovered with you know great voice good timing whatever it is whatever the magic thing is for anyone to be discovered she had that but what I think that helps her stand out is exactly what you said that she knows how she knew how to read her fan base when she was 15 14 15 years old yeah, she totally. knew. And some people, like, I, I was listening to um, every single album talking about the, the Taylor's debut album. And it was, I thought it was a really important point that they pointed out that, like, she, some people might say that, like, she's very calculated, that she makes decisions and moves beca- and, uh, in order to, like, manipulate her fan base or whatever. That's not, cal- I don't hear calculated i hear incredible talent incredible visionary and Mm. that's why someone like taylor who can not only like write a cute song and perform it well but can recognize what her fans want to hear and what resonates with people yes and she she not only wrote it she says she wrote it for people in her class because she thought she didn't just write it for herself because we needed a song she was wondering what do they want to hear? Mm-hmm. And I think that she's been doing that from the very beginning. I think it's it really is amazing that at such a young age she I, – I do think this is why this song took off. Because she wrote it herself and that caught people's attention. That was really unique. That was really important. And mm-hmm. she came into the scene when country music – like there was a there was just the right place for her. Country music was starting to be more poppy, but I think it's important to recognize sh- while there was probably a lot of influence on that album in various ways of like you should have this voice or this sound or this kind of what this was a song that you're right she had to fight for it and she put on there. What a lot of people say it's interesting is why is it the last song? You know, we like to talk about the placement of a song on an album and this is the very last song because she said she chose it last because she liked the idea of hearing play it again. She sings play it again. As the last words. Yes. As a subliminal message to start it over. Right. right? Which is which is quintessential Taylor like I want yes. I want people to continue to listen to me. It's it's like a business move yes. almost, right? So even yes. when she was 16, yes. she was thinking about how can I further this album? How can I build my career even more at such a young age? Subliminally putting Play It Again at the right. very end. Yep. So Just smart. like in Red, when it ended with Begin, Begin Again. Again. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Smart. Yeah. What a smart and I also thing. think that she loves a bookend, right? Like we've talked about that with Evermore and, and like hoax and the one, like how there's these like bookends and albums. Tim McGraw was the first song on this album, which is a song about the memory of a song and how that like can help us. And this is a song about how like we have a song now that reminds us of our relationship. You're totally right. They they definitely mirror each other very well. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Okay, so... That's what we're working with today. I think it's important to start talking about the musical mixology, how this song was mixed, and what are the key elements that kind of stand out and make it its own space. Yeah. What do you hear first? Well, it, the, literally the first thing you hear is a fiddle. 
and yeah. that leads off this whole song. It's a it's a fiddly, banjo-y kind of a song yep. with some other instruments in there too. I hear, you know, there's an electric guitar. I hear like a sort of like a lap steel guitar. I think it's a dobro technically. Um, and mostly her voice with a little bit of a, a backing vocals as well. And of course you hear her twang. Yeah. And what's so funny is Taylor's not a Southern girl. She grew right. up in Pennsylvania. She's a little Pennsylvania girl coming down <laughs> to Nashville. So but, tell me, like, do you think that that's trained? Do you think that was intentional? Like, Yeah, I mean, think? I think when you listen to country music, which Taylor did growing up, that is a big theme of any country style song is that twang in the vocals. Well, um, I think it sounds like the pluck of a guitar or a banjo. Mm. Right? Yeah. Like I, I, a... I, I, that's the feeling I get of it. Mm-hmm. That Like it mimics. Yeah. And I think as we get further on into albums, Taylor's really good at making, like using her voice as an instrument. I think this mm-hmm. was when she was just starting. And so her voice is really young. Her voice is still a baby. It's still growing. Right. And we've uh, heard clearly how her vocals have improved so much from her early recordings to her later recordings. Um, by no means was she a bad vocalist, but there's right. just been a oh, lot of clearly. strength and development with her vocals over the years. This being one of the very first songs we have ever heard from her uh, yeah. at such a young age. But by adding that twang in there, she really dives deep into this this country persona that she was trying to pursue at that time and obviously the instruments there it it lays a perfect country track with the banjo the violin and there's a there's a bit of like a a a drum beat that's almost like a sort of a hip-hop sort of style beat yeah and that's it's subtle but it's it's there and you know, Taylor has shifted from country music to pop to a little bit of folk to pop to country all across the board. And and she she includes a lot of these different genre sounds in one of her very first songs. So it, it it's almost foreshadowing the Taylor that we're going to get in later years by having these country roots with a little bit of a, like pop sounds, a little bit of almost hip hoppy type sounds as well. Do you think when hopefully we get the re-record of this song do you think she'll keep those twangy sounds Mm. it's a really good question um i think a lot of her fans sometimes prefer the original fearless or the original red because her voice was that sounds more nostalgic to them when they Mm -hmm. heard that and i I hope that she continues to try her best to sound like she did when she first put this out there. But it's, it's, I don't know. It's going to be funny to hear the debut album re-recording with her country style voice when we know it's not her natural singing voice necessarily, but. Well, we got it in, I'll bet you think about me, you know, we, we, we got the exaggeration Mm-hmm. With the strength of a voice. So I'm hoping yeah. we get that. So um, Nathan Chapman is the is, was the musical guy, whatever. He's the producer, of, producer. This, of a lot of this album. And he does a lot of 
like harmony singing to bring in kind of a, a stronger voice because she just didn't have that power mm. yet. So that'll be interesting if that will still be there or if the strength of Taylor's voice with re-records is enough. Right. That'll be interesting. Super curious. All right. I think it's time to move in to some Taylor Swift with a twist, the twist yes. of the lyrics. And I'm going to st- I'll, I'll go I'll take a stab first. First thought, as I mentioned, like that oh this is a country song with some cute like simple lyrics about a story you know like the things that she likes and loves in their relationship so cute i love it and then of course as i just got in deeper into this song i uncovered some really fun perspectives so before we get into some of our favorite things, I want to I want to give you a little clue into this new person I found called Taylor Swift Scholar. They have okay. a blog and an Instagram, but like nothing else. Like there's not like a about page or like who runs this. Or, so I have no idea who this mystery person is. Their no. insights were incredible. So. They talked about our song and connected it to this um, as as a poetic use and perspective on what is music. And that Taylor Swift is almost in this song asking, what is music? Is music the songs that we hear on the radio? Or is Mm -hmm. music the sound of our lives every day, right? So... The scholar points out a musical experience composed by John Cage in the 1950s. And I use that word compose um, lightly because what John Cage did uh, was come up onto the stage, say that he's been he's been working on this, composing this one piece called 433. And... He gets himself ready at the piano and then takes a timer and presses record on the timer and then closes the piano and sits there for four minutes and 33 seconds. And so the sound that he composes becomes the sounds, the ambient noise in the auditorium, giggling of people kind of like awkwardly the wrestling like whatever like all the sounds around him and what he proposed is that like true silence or what we know as like the absence of sound actually doesn't exist silence what he says is the giving up of intention so almost like letting the world dictate like what is the sound which means Mm -hmm. that it's constantly being rewritten right so as this song has been performed differently it's it's a different performance every time it's a different sound and so it was a really interesting connection to what taylor swift is grappling with like like she really wanted a song and her lover names all these things all these wonderful things that are like really special to them and it's it's like such an interesting and like idea of how like that's what music actually is and what an interesting introduction Mm -hmm. for 
from this artist who will ne- mm-hmm. who will then spend like 200 more songs <laughs> writing music of from her life from her right. everyday life right and creating music from life yes. i think that's really that is... cool and deep and awesome I, I absolutely agree with that i love our song because of how she sings about how their song isn't necessarily a traditional musical song. It's a collection of sounds. What are those sounds? It is the slamming screen door. It's tapping on your window. It's talking real slow on the phone. It's the way you laugh. It's, it's you or him saying, man, I didn't kiss her and I should have. It's her saying amen at the end of at the end of uh, a day hanging out with him. These are all just different types of sounds that is so cute. It's so, so cute. cute. It really, that's, really that's, is. That's their song. And yeah. well, what I think is really cool is like I didn't even get into this. I, for, I kind of forgot about this in the in the music part. But what was noted by what you can notice when she's singing is there's a lot of dialogue in this yes. song like sh- and which is a great writing trick. In fact, I've taken a writing class where like the whole week one one of our like exercises where we just wrote dialogue and you had to show not tell, classic writing move, show not tell about the character and the relationship of two people through dialogue only. Mm-hmm. And that's what she does in this song. So, and, but what was interesting about the music part is the, 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 she conveys the conversational lyrics with like a one note melody. So it's, which is almost the way that someone might talk. So not only does she write the lyrics uh, with words or write the dialogue through her lyrics, but she writes it through the music aspect too. Like the melody is pretty Man, I didn't kiss her and I should have. Sounds like somebody saying, man, I didn't kiss her and I should have. Yeah. Is that what you mean by that? Well, yeah, and or, or like, I was riding shotgun with my hair undone. That's like all one mm-hmm. note in yes, the front I seat see. of his car, you know? So, yeah. like, like she's, like, telling you, this is what was happening. I was riding shotgun. You know, what, what, like, it's definitely much more monotone. I mean, we go up and mm-hmm. down, but for the most part, that's what a conversation is. So she was able to nail that even with the sound quality, I just think. Brilliant, yeah. brilliant use of dialogue to illustrate the character. Like you can tell by the ways, like the closeness of them. She's got this boyfriend, and he. You can you know that they're close, not just by the fact that like they're sitting in a car and he's got his hand on her. Does he? It's, it's no. His hand on her. Wait for it. Heart. Heart. <laughs> <laughs> I love Wait, no, that. I didn't see that right. Heart. Oh. <laughs> Right. This first verse is a perfect indication of how Taylor Swift is really good at being super specific and descript. She's she's telling a story here. You can picture it well. Riding shotgun, her hair is undone. She's she's so good at using very specific descriptions. Front seat of his car, one hand on the steering wheel, the other like you could just picture it and she does that so well. Not only in her current work, but gosh, when she was 14, 15 years old. She's being so specific with her lyrics. 
And I think a lot of that is probably influenced by the, the country music that she was listening to. Country music is known to be all about storytelling and a very specific mm-hmm. Im- image. And she takes that influence. She puts it immediately into her work back during her country days. And then she carries it on to her, her, her pop side as well. She uses what she does brilliantly with the lyrics is she uses a lot of country music tropes. Okay, so we got shotgun, we got we got cars, we got mama, we got God, we got mama, okay? we got God. These are like, <laughs> yeah, I mean these are like classic. You're right. Country musical mm-hmm. lyrics, but we also have a lot of these like early teen tropes. So we have like the sneaking mm-hmm. out, the tapping on windows, talking on the right. phone. These are like really cutesy things that like a teenager would do and understand uh i do think it's interesting that this is one of our first of many songs that involve a car i knew you were gonna bring this up Uh, i did already hint at it with getaway car but like we've Mm -hmm. got cornelia street we've got style which we've already talked about how we already talked about another song that has car probably she talks about cars a lot um yeah i was thinking i wish you would is also a great example i was listening to i wish you would recently and that starts where he's driving and uh swiggies please let us know what other songs does she talk about being in a car there's probably so many um oh all too well oh yeah right right all too well so okay so the second verse is I mean, it's, like, this really funny, like, dramatic teenager. (laughs) I just, like, had the worst day ever. Yeah, yeah. And it was just lost and thrown away. Like, I just love the drama. It's so (laughs) funny to me. Um, Yeah. Especially because I'm like, oh, Taylor, you have no idea what's ahead for you. You have no idea the drama that's about you. The drama of your days. Mm-hmm. But thank goodness that this is the kind of drama she could. This is what you want. Like we want teenagers to be able to sing about whatever, like a bad math test or like a friend said something bad to you. Right. Um, okay, so she goes. She's got to the hallway uh, on my way to my love in bed. What? <laughs> what does that mean? Rachel, I think this is a good time to just bring up the fact that. This was a young Taylor Swift writing these songs. So we're not yes. we're not going to be able to make sense of I think every lyric that she's included here. I I think she really plans out later on every almost every word and every right. phrase and every lyrical stanza that she includes in songs. But remember, this was early teenager Taylor where she's going to include things like my love in bed. Like girl, what does that mean? Like <laughs> what does I that don't mean? This and this is this is so fun because our whole podcast, uh, or a big part portion of our podcast, is breaking down the meaning and the analysis of right. a lot of the things she says. But when we get into this early work of Taylor, I think it's important for us to realize that she's just a very early starting lyricist at this point. But if you if you want to analyze Love in Bed, tell me, Rachel, what does that mean? I don't. Nope. I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> analyze it. I also, okay, speaking of song lyrics that don't make sense, did you know that there is a petition out to ask Taylor why she said talking real slow instead of talking real low? Low? Yeah, she's like trying to indicate that, like, uh, Mama doesn't know that you're up late. 
right? Mm -hmm. You signed it. Is that what you said? No, I no, I'm familiar with it. I didn't sign the petition. I'm, <laughs> um, so so yeah. So there's a petition out to say like Taylor, explain to us why did you choose this lyric? But I think maybe you're onto something that like we're gonna stumble upon these things and she's just like I don't know. It sounded cute right at the time. She <laughs> okay, she's not. Like she's not Dolly Parton. <laughs> that was very Dolly. Dolly vibes. Uh, I don't know. Real slow sounded well, right to me. Real slow sounded real right to me. Because it's late and your mama don't know. So you think you'd be talking real low. Real low like, not real slow like. Anyway, so you don't have any answers for that. Okay, here's another thing. And this is a little bit more important because she repeats this twice in the chorus. Okay. She says... And, and I'm emphasizing and because this is the part that confuses me. She's talking about all these things that, like, you know, our song is the way you laugh. It's the first date. And then she says, and when I got home, for I said amen, asking God if he could play it again. Then she stops. And this bugs me because <laughs> she said, and when I got home, the next thing we should hear is, like, and then what happened? And when I got home, this happened. But instead of this happening, she says, before I said amen, asking God if he could play it again, something happened. But what was it? No, I do have a thought on this. And this Tell to me. me makes sense. Because Great. in this whole chorus, she's talking about the sounds that represent our song, including the things that he says. For example, man, I didn't kiss her and I should have. And I think she's saying, and lastly, the things that I say, which is when I got home, I'm praying before I said amen, asking God if he could play it again. I think she's including that to be the last thing that represents our song, because as she's praying, asking God to play this song over and over again, that's also part of what their song okay, is. Okay, so asking God... To play it again, mm-hmm. so if when you play it again, so when she's saying is, and is what she's saying is the thing that it, is that is their song, yes. the asking of God, yes, which happened when she got home before she said amen, yes, and she puts and in front of that because that's the last thing of the list of 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 sounds okay. that make up okay. our song. That's okay. my thought. Okay, you helped me. That that helps that, a whole lot. That was my thought. <laughs> I was really annoyed by that. So I'll be thinking I'll be thinking real smart whack on these country yeah, tunes. You are. you are. You're thinking real smart. I should stop. Um I've been chatting a lot. Are there any like things that stand out to you? I love I mentioned this at the beginning. One of the reasons that this song stood out to me was the lyric Our song is the slamming screen door. Yeah. I can just like picture that sound so well. We yes. I we grew up with screen door slamming whether it was at our cabin or or our house and and it's just a very specific sound that you can go back to especially that's the sound of summer too and and when you're when you're not in summer if you're in the doldrums of winter you can picture that sound it it immediately brings you to a time and uh, that's an 
that's what it does for Taylor too. This that sound, that slam screen door sound sneaking out late. Now, what's interesting though is the screen door slamming is not a very sneaky thing. So I don't think that first line of our song is a slamming screen door necessarily is connected to sneaking out late. The sneaking out late. If, if it is, they're doing it wrong. They're doing Mama it real knows. wrong. Um, but I think knows. it's just, I, I'm assuming it just means like maybe they started dating and in the summertime when screen doors are open and, and you're going in and out, you're playing outside and, going inside slamming screen door is yeah. just a very specific sound that brings yeah. you to that but it's the sound of like, i think it's a great that you reference summer because it is a sound of summer and summer evokes freedom and, mm-hmm. and joy and anticipation and, and sneaking like, out endless days and sneaking out right um i love that one of the things i was noticing and 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 this actually was brought up in that Taylor Swift scholar as well, is that Taylor has a strong desire to hold on to her memories. So she, and actually there's a lot of references to like really capturing the memories or what memories do to us in the whole album, uh, the, the Taylor Swift debut album. Um, you know, we start. We talked about Tim, the Tim McGraw song, which we won't get into, but like, is about like when you hear Tim McGraw, I hope you think about me, like, mm-hmm. like having a memory of that. A picture to burn is about like destroying the memory of somebody by right. like actually physically destroying the pictures. Mary's song, like, is a is a look back on memories of a relationship. So, and so she has this desire, like she wants to have a song, and it's like, what is it? It's all these different things, and. In the very end, she's insistent upon writing it down. And I do love how she says that she listened to every single song on the radio and there's just nothing that was quite like them. Yeah. And so she has, so she makes a statement like, I'm going to write this down. I'm going to remember this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to claim this. And so she writes it down in it, which is becomes the song that she sang, which I see as like the statement about her place in the music industry. So she's like, I don't hear a sound like me. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody's doing music the way that I'm going to do it. Yeah. And I'm going to make a statement. I'm going to I'm going to take these memories of my life. Like, this is how I will create music for you, which is her very unique. And I know a lot of musical artists will write songs about their lives but there's also a lot of musical artists that take songs written by other people uh we have a cousin who writes music for other people Mm -hmm. and i asked fran about this and i'm gonna bring her on we're gonna bring her on ask her more about this but like what is it like like i'm so used to taylor swift writing songs when i write i write about my own lives what's it like to write for other people but so i do think that that's taylor swift's unique way of like taking her lives taking her memories and put writing them down collecting them like this strong desire to not forget and yeah she will remember it all too well (laughs) if she writes it all down i think it's fun to really go back to these early songs 
knowing what we know now about how she writes yeah. songs and what her lifelong influences are to go back to these early songs is is a really really fun opportunity to to compare how she was and and what her influences were and what she thought she would be at the time knowing now what we do of who she is and what she has become uh sam it seems like now that we got to the end of the song and taylor swift is writing it has written it on a napkin um (laughs) it seems like we're wrapping up that it i don't know is something wrong no, I was just thinking how we don't have our song picked out for next week, Rachel. Oh, that's right. Okay, it's my turn. Uh-huh. Sam, just after really getting into these albums that we haven't discussed and these like really sweet teen feelings, I'm just I just I'm feeling wonderstruck. Okay. I think our next song is Enchanted. Wow. From Speak Now. That is good. The third album. This is going to be our first Speak Now song. Fan favorite, too. Fan favorite. Okay, I believe got it. it might be the first speak now song i ever listened to so Mm -hmm. i'm excited to get into that album i don't know taylor we've been waiting around for you to give us speak now and you're not so we're just gonna have to speak now on our own (laughs) i can't wait for the (laughs) lyrical puns that come from that next week um that's awesome rachel next week's gonna be super fun gotta start listening to speak now you're making me do it that's right uh our song Sam is the slamming screen door on this podcast telling us it's late and our mama don't know. And <laughs> so I think we better say goodbye to our Swiggies. Swiggies, our song is also the way you stay connected with us. So be sure to follow us on all of our social medias at Swift and Swigs Podcast. We post really fun content on our TikTok and Instagram of our cocktails. Of funny outros. Mostly making fun of me. It, it's making fun of you. I did post a little bit of Sam making fun of. But if you haven't followed yes, us, uh, you're missing out because there's a lot of fun. that We posted a video of Rachel dancing to Look What You Made Me Do. And we have a blast with it. So be sure to follow us on there and check out our Substack, which is swiftandswigspod.substack.com, where we post all of the show notes all of the intricate details of everything we talk about we put links on there it's sort of the hub of our of our podcast check us out there be sure to like and subscribe all that fun stuff leave us comments leave us reviews give us some love guys we'd love to hear from you keep it coming that's right swiggies really you could listen to every podcast on the radio waiting for something to come along that is as good as our podcast (laughs) but i don't think you're gonna find it so come back next week and play it again cheers sam cheers (laughs) (laughs) that's my favorite part the cheers at the end